And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Luke chapter 16, Jesus is speaking here, all in Luke chapter 16. He says in verse 1, And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a, a steward, and the same was accused. The steward was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Can you read verse 2? Every one day we all are going to be required to give an account of our steward. Every one of us sitting here, every one of you looking today, you're going to be required to give an account of your stewardship one day. Verse 3, then the steward said within himself, in other words, he's thinking, what shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I'm ashamed. Verse 4 is yours. Oh, he's planning. Verse 5. So he called everyone of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? Then he said to another, How much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write four score. That's 80. The last verse is your verse. Verse 8. Jesus is the one speaking. Jesus concluded this parable with what I call a sweeping indictment against his church. Did I say sweeping? Indictment. This is the indictment. The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Jesus, whom I refer to as the unparalleled, unequaled storyteller, is talking to his disciples directly. Now he has you and I in mind. Can you say us? He has us in mind, but he's talking to his disciples. And apparently, in this particular chapter, there are two parables. Verse 1 to 13 is the first parable, and that's what we're going to look after. The second parable, he addressed it to the uh, Pharisees, who were there for this first one, but it was in particular to them, the second one. Amen. In this parable, as we read, we are told that a rich man conducted his, uh, contacted, sorry, his manager to explain his actions because he learned that the manager was mismanaging business funds. Can you say somebody snitched? <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> you know, snitches have been around a long time. <laughs> Even during Jesus' time. And so we are told that the reason why we, I use that word is because the word of, because of the word accused. In verse, I think in verse one, we are told that, uh, in, can you go to, I think we have an exhibit, exhibit, accused. We were told in verse one of Luke chapter eight, uh, the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. Somebody came to him and said to him, somebody came to the rich man and said, the manager who's over your resources is wasting your goods. The word used there is accused. Well, accused in the Greek word is diabolo. Diabolo means to accuse, to bring charges with hostile intent. Somebody wanted his job. Now, diabolo is related to the noun diabolos, diabolos, which means slander, accuser, and is the word translated devil. 
Amen. You go back in these woods and they open your eyes. So somebody came accusing the manager to his employer. Saying he's wasting your goods. And so he asked him to give an account of his stewardship. Mm -hmm. And he began to panic. Because he was really mismanaging the goods. And since don't you miss the overarching principle here being taught. And what Jesus is teaching here. We all are managers of God's resources. <laughs> I'm still on financial stewardship. Amen. I just want you to, I want you to, I want you to take a different path so you can see Jesus' heart. God's heart. Because God wants to remind us that we are all stewards of his resources. First Corinthians 6.19 says, Knowing that, that your body is the temple of the Lord, Amen, and you are not your own. Say it again. You are what? Not your own. God said all souls are mine. Yes, you have responsibility over the resources to use it. But hear me, brothers and sisters. One day, everybody here is going to be on all fours, giving an account of their stewardship to Jesus Christ. Let me reiterate that. Everybody in here is going to be on all fours. One day, in case you don't know what all fours means, bow down on your knees and hands. Telling God, giving God an account of how you live your life and how you and I use the resources. Amen. He's blessed us with. Oh. One day. The word steward here means an overseer, a household distributor. As, uh, let me just read some information. I think that will help. A steward was a trusted servant in charge of overseeing the administration and distribution of the master's supplies. He managed his master's resources for the benefit of others by providing meals for all the other servants. He functioned as his master's representative and had complete power to do business in the master's name. What he had? He had what? Complete power to do business in the master's name. Didn't Jesus say I have given you power? That's what he said. The Bible says as many as received him. To them he gave what? I think that's what John chapter 1. Don't turn there. Amen. Says. For as many as received them. So this Jesus has you and I in mind. And he's talking to his disciples. Uh -huh, because he wants to convey a message to us. That the resources we have is not ours. He's given us power to do business. Mm -hmm. It's a little quiet in here but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because brothers and sisters. You know. I am. Giving, honoring God with my money a long, long time ago was very difficult for me. And I'm going to share with you, and I'm, I'm being honest, when I began working and things were challenging, 2022, amen, challenging for me, I, the, the, I'm going to show you a verse that released me. Amen, because what was wrong was my heart was bound by fear. You see, and I'm going to show you a verse that released my heart. 
from that fear of giving. Amen. That lost money found. Mm-hmm. That check that came in the mail. Extra. Amen. The extras. I just, for some reason, I just, I couldn't lose it. Because my heart was not free. Yeah, you get what I'm saying, saints? I'm not telling, I'm not talking about something that, 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 that I didn't go through. So I understand when people are struggling to honor God the way he's supposed to. Praise God. And so we are told here that the master said to him, I heard you are wasting my goods. The word wasting here, the word goods here means a substance. It means substance. So he said, I heard you're wasting my goods. I want an accounting of your stewardship. Remembered. I'm not sure if you knew. And see what Jesus is doing. The chapter before that was on the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son wasted whose goods? His father's goods. Jesus is unto something, saints. Here Jesus is saying, in the previous chapter, the prodigal son wasted his master's goods. Here, his father's goods. Jesus is saying, not only you are to take a lesson from the prodigal son example, you need to know also that you are representative of God. And you are entrusted with substance. Amen? And you and I, we have to give an accounting of the way we use our substance. And as you'll see in the end, the goal is not to use all your substance on things on the earth. God wants you to send some of that substance ahead of you. And I'm going to show you the script from, I'm going to show you since the verse that released my heart to the point where I begin to give lovingly and cheerfully and joyfully and thankfully because I understood what was happening. I understood that this world is not my home. On Wednesday, I told the church, the, the saints had an old song singing. I don't sing it a lot now because of, because of the end of that song. It says, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the last part of the verse says, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home. In this world anymore. That, that's what the song saying. I can't feel at home. Which means that I want to die and go home. So that's why I don't sing the last part. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? You got to be so careful. Praise the Lord. <laughs> sing your way. Sing your way unto glory. <laughs> I believe. That death and life lies in the power of the tongue. Listen, I, when I speak God's word, I believe with all my fiber it's going to happen. Everything in me agrees it is done. So when I sing, I'm being very careful. What, what am I singing here? I got work to do. I mean. <laughs> Amen. You know, during Jesus' time, rich people frequently employed managers or stewards to look after the finances of the estates. Such managers would be equivalent to, listen, to a trustee or a financial planner who manages the funds of an estate in order to increase the value of the estate. So back, so a, a steward is like a trustee today or a financial planner. Amen? The manager was given the money to utilize for the estate 
Amen. It did not belong to him. Let me say it again. The manager was given the money, amen, to use for the estate, not for him. It was not given to him to or she to buy toys. Can you say that again? Can I say that again? It was not, now God expects you to have a good time. This is what Jesus said. They brought the coin to Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is talking about, they got intimidated. Because here he's talking about, he's talking about heaven, heaven, heaven. And for, for them, he cannot identify. So they ask him, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Because the Romans hated Caesar and they wanted to catch Jesus. We're going to catch him one way or the other. And they show, he said, does anybody have a coin? Anybody has a coin? And somebody gave him a coin. He, he said, whose inscription is on this coin? And they said, the Pharisees said, Caesar, and they're waiting for an answer. And Jesus said, well, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. And render unto God that which is God's. You and I have a responsibility to, to render Unto Caesar, that which is Caesar's. For accessing the road to go to work. Amen. For accessing the parks. Amen. You pay taxes. That's why he said, rent unto Caesar. Thank you. Thank you, baby. They don't trust you to detect it ahead of time. Caesar don't trust you. Caesar don't trust us. So they take it. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> I got back then I got my first little check I was looking at social security I said okay taxis okay who's that dude called Fikel <laughs> who, <laughs> who, who is that <laughs> anyhow I found out who he was amen <laughs> but God sends God is such a wonderful God God wants you to give cheerfully not grudgingly not out of necessity for the Bible says he love a cheerful giver God doesn't want you to give him anything that you don't want to give him let me say it again God does not want you to give him for that matter let me set you at ease I'm going to tell you this right here you don't have to give a dime and you'll still go to heaven let me free you. Amen. But I guarantee you, when you get on all fours before God, you'll regret every bit of it. I guarantee you that. Like the man in Luke chapter 16, the, the rich man, he said, please go back. Can you send somebody and tell them I have five brothers? Can you tell them? And Abraham said, no way. They have Pastor Emmanuel. Preaching, they have other preachers preaching, they'll hear them. Like that man, you will regret the way you live your life if you live stingily. Now it's good to be frugal, but ex but to be extra frugal is like as a curse. Excessive frugality. Yes, yeah, stingy. Cheap. Amen. I, I didn't say that. They said that. Not me. I'm just repeating. 
I'm just repeating the congregation words. I try, I, I try to make it palatable by saying excessive frugality, but they want to break it down to cheap. That's okay. You see, I tr I'm trying here. I'm trying to make it polished, right? <laughs> you know, at the end of service last week, something beautiful happened. A freedom. A breakthrough came. Because God was honoring what was happening here. God, Jesus has a plan for his church. And Jesus knows how important money is. Amen. And he wants us to ensure, he wants to ensure that we use it the way he intended it to be used. Praise God. And so, since uh, in our text, let me see if I can move on here. Because we have a few more things to cover. So, as, as I said, the, manage, the, the manager was responsible for the funds uh, to manage it, but he did not own it. And Jesus is sending a message to you and I. So, the, the, um, the owner said, I want you to give an account of your stewardship. And in verse 3, listen to what he says. Can you go to verse 3? Quickly, verse 3. He said in verse 3, what shall I do? The first question. In other words, I, I'm in panic mode. Because I was not managing the resources given to me properly. And he said, for my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. Uh oh, I'm going to be fired. I'm going to lose my job. He said, look, I cannot dig. In other words, I'm getting old. It's time for retirement. I cannot do hard labor. That's what he mean. Amen. I cannot do concrete work anymore. You got to have young muscles for concrete work. Concrete, let me tell you, I, 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 I've shoveled concrete. That's not a noisy job. So, so I understand what he's talking about. <laughs> he continued, to beg, I'm ashamed. Look, I'm, I'm too ashamed to beg. Begging is beneath me from a white collar job to begging on the road. Oh, no, 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 no. He's thinking out loud. Verse 4 says, I'm resolved what to do. He said, I know exactly what I'm going to do when I'm fired. I know what I'm going to do when I lose my job. He said, so let's see what he's going to do. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, I'm going to do something that they may receive me into the houses. Let us see what he's talking about. So, his plan is... On the, Jesus is unfolding his plan. So verse 5. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors. You understand that right? And said unto the first one. How much do you owe my master? Mm -hmm. And the first one said in verse 6. A hundred measures of oil. Now a hundred measures of oil. Is one thousand. Sorry is eight hundred gallons of oil. A hundred measures of oil. Is 800 gallons of oil. He said quickly write 400 gallons instead. I'm giving you a 50% discount. Because his plan is for them to accept him in their houses. When he loses his job. He's securing his retirement. He's sending his money ahead of him. Because he knows he's about to lose his job. He said I'm giving you 50% discount. He called the next guy. He said unto another. Verse 7. How much do you owe my Lord? And he said unto him, 100 measures of wheat. 
100 measures of wheat is equivalent to 1,000 bushels of wheat. He said, I'm giving you a 20% discount. You now owe 800 instead of 1,000. He's setting up his retirement. He's using money to do what? To secure his retirement. He's using money to secure his future. I'm, I'm about to make a point here. He's using his money to do what? To secure his future. In verse 8. Jesus said the rich man. The owner. What did the owner? Did the owner get mad? Let's look. look. And the Lord, the owner, commended the unjust steward, the embezzler. He commended the embezzler. Let's see why. Because Jesus is using a bad example to communicate a profound message. You see, you see what he's doing? He has a message for his children. And that is you can use your money to secure your eternal state. I'm telling you. I mean, you can send money ahead of you. I, I'm going to show you something, brothers and sisters. I'm going to show you. I'm going to share something with you. Why I got so... I, 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 it's a joy to give. I, I smile. Because I know what's happening. You see, I, you, it's, it's a blessing. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done what? Wisely. What, what did he do wisely? He secured his future using money. For, and here, here comes the indictment. Here comes the indictment again. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than whom? Wow. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what Jesus is saying in this particular. I don't want to belabor the point, but I need to get what he's saying. The point of the parable is simple. Here is the point of the parable. The children of this world, Jesus means sinners, those who are out of the kingdom of God, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. This is what it means. Sinners are more skilled and conscientious at ensuring their temporal future. Can you say temporal? Anything on this earth is temporary. Sinners do not send money ahead of them. Sinners do not honor God. They don't tithe. Mm, they don't give offering. But what they do, they secure their retirement. It's temporal. Because the Bible says the earth is going to burn up with fervent heat. And all these financial institutions are going to be burnt up. That's what the Bible says. Wall Street is going to be burnt up. Wall Street is on its way down. Well, some of you, that's okay. No, not Wall Street. Yeah, not Wall Street, Green Street. Let me, all the streets are coming down. Listen. So sinners are more skilled and conscientious at ensuring their temporal future in the present than those whose citizenship is in heaven are at securing their eternal reward in this age to come. We believers need to be willing and obedient in using our money to plan for our eternal state with far greater wisdom. And this is what I mean since you cannot buy salvation. But the way you use your money here will be rewarded in, in eternity. 
The way you use your money here, you'll be rewarded for the way you use your money here in eternity. I'm going to show you, I'm going to continue. Jesus used this parable to show us how important it is to honor him with our money. And that is how we invest in our eternal state. I'll make it clear in a while. If an unrighteous man was shrewd in using money for his own selfish interests, how much more should righteous believers use all their money to advance the kingdom of God? That's what one commentator says. And God is not asking for all. Just how much? 10%. That's all he's asking for to honor him. Amen? Let me read a few more things to you. That is why, since you see Jesus everywhere is looking. He's looking to see how his kids are spending their money. You see him at the treasury looking at the widow. You remember the widow? I have an exhibit showing an artist's rendering of what the scene might look like. Look like. Do you have? Yes. Jesus is seated at the temple. You see the individual way at the back with the red sash. That's Jesus depicted here. This is an artist's rendering. The widow, you see he's looking. He's doing what? That's what he does, that's what he does every time you and I get a check. He's looking. What is he doing? Yeah, just looking to see how, what, you, what you and I are going to do. To see whether or not we trust him. That's what he does. Since Je there's a reason why Jesus gave this parable. And some of us preachers are afraid to preach it and teach it the way it should be taught. Amen. But I'm going to have, when I go, I want to hear, well done, Emmanuel. Praise the Lord. All right. Let me move forward here. Jesus says, in, can you go to Luke chapter, two? leave this right here. In Luke chapter 21, I'll read it quickly. Jesus looked and saw rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow. She was what? Poor. That's Luke chapter 21 verse 2. You don't have to turn, leave that exhibit right here. A certain poor widow casting in also two mites. Can you say two mites? Two mites. A poor widow. A mite. I want you to see how poor the lady was. I have a next exhibit. Quickly, we'll come back to this one. A mite. Let me show you how much a mite is. A mite is the smallest denomination of the Jewish currency. It's worth an eighth of a cent. Anybody has a cent? I'm sure somebody has a cent. I was going to bring one, but I said, let me. I know there is somebody in the congregation with a cent. Okay, thank you. Bring it here, son. Thank you so much. Right here. A mite is an eighth of this. She gave two mites. She gave a quarter of a cent. And what did Jesus said? Look, look, look. Jesus said, uh-huh. And he said, of a truth. Can you say, sure enough. I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. How is it the rich folks are throwing money into the receptacle bin? And they look and Jesus is looking and then he saw a poor widow. 
put it in two mics. A quarter of a cent. And his, and his eyes popped up. Oh, she gave the most. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point. Being generous, which is giving, has nothing to do with how much money one possesses. But being obedient to honor Jesus as he stipulates. Giving is not dependent on your bank balance. Mm -hmm. Employment status or performance of your stock portfolio. Giving reveals the condition of the heart. That's what Jesus is saying. It reveals the condition of your heart. Giving is about having a heart that has been set free from the love of money. And is now so joyful that giving is a blessing rather than a burden. That is what it's about. It's about a heart free to give. Broken from fear of giving. Because now you can trust God. It's about a heart that has been set free by complete devotion to the Lord. Hear me. I'll, I'll kid you not. Do you hear folks talking about I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Jesus is looking and saying show me. Show me. Show me. Show me. Is, 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 is that right? That's what the Bible. Jesus is looking. Many of them rich just throw I mean a thousand dollars, five thousand, just walk away talking. Because you see they have two billion saved. Yeah. But this lady has nothing. That's why giving is not about the amount you have in your bank balance. It's about the condition of the heart. It's about whether you trust God or not, saints. I mean, can you say Amen. Jesus mentions money 88 times in Matthew, 54 times in Mark, 92 times in the book of Luke. Now, why did he do that? He did that because he wanted to teach his disciples something about money. And that's what he wanted them to, he wanted to teach them. Listen, he knew that there was a fundamental connection between a person's spiritual life and his attitudes and actions concerning money and possessions. Let me say that again. Jesus knew that there was a fundamental connection between a person's spiritual life and his attitudes and actions concerning money and possessions. Jesus knew that. This is what Jesus knew. This is what he knew. Like James knew. James said, you got faith? What, what did he say about faith? James. He said, if you got faith, show me. By your works. Don't just talk about you have faith. I want you to what? Show me. He said, I'll show you my, my faith by my works. And, and, and that is what Jesus is saying. Those folks who claim to be spiritual in the Lord. And never honor God are hypocrites. Well, and so you see, I know some of you don't want to hear that. But that's what the Bible says. There is a connection. There is a connection between your spirituality and your giving. If you really love, if you connect with somebody, wouldn't you spend for them? If you connect with somebody, mm, just um, even if it's puppy love. You know what? You know it's puppy love. Still have a bouquet of roses. Mm -hmm. Order a couple of things from Amazon. Anyhow. <laughs> This is the verse I want to share with you that released me and changed my life. Verse 9. Can you go to Mark, Luke chapter, I'm back to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 9. This is the verse that released me. It says here, verse 9. 
It says, and I say unto you, you know that's verse 9, after verse 8. After verse 8, he gave the sweeping indictment. You remember? He said, the children of this world are wiser in generation than the children of light. This is what he said. He said, and I say unto you, make to yourself friends of what? Of the monies of this monies of unrighteousness in this world. Well, he said, mammon of a righteousness. He's talking about money. And when he said mammon of a righteousness, he's talking about he's talking about the money that's used in the world. Because in heaven there's nothing like that. There is no currency in heaven. Are you with me, saints? So because it's on the earth, it's called mammon of unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. That's what moves and shakes the earth. Currency doesn't move and shake heaven. <laughs> it says here, he, he said that. He said, make to yourself friends of mammon of righteousness. In other words, in other words make friends mm -hmm, for themselves. It, it, it means... Let me read the entire verse, then I'll explain it. Sorry. Make to yourself friends, mammon of righteousness. Here is why. That when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Can I take five minutes to break that down? He's saying that he looked at his disciples and himself. He said to them, I need you. Just like the unsaved use money. Just like the unjust steward used money to make friends to secure his future. He used an unrighteous mammon to make friends to secure his future. He said do that so that when you fail, the word failure means die. So when you die, they, the people who got saved because you gave. When I understood that, he, I said, so you mean I can give money to advance the kingdom of God? Listen, listen, that is why on Monday, when you give on Monday, I'm, I'm sending out 10% of the church to, 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 to where God tells me to. It doesn't pass here Tuesday. No, I vowed God. I said, God, by Monday, Tuesday, the lettuce, it's out. Because God said, when your money, I have people calling asking me for prayer. To Father, get saved on radio station. People, people are getting saved because this building is open and the word is going forth. When they get saved, when you go to heaven, everybody who gets saved because you honor God with your money in this building, they're going to come up and say, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Because you gave, I got saved. And Jesus is saying, that's what you use your money to do. Send your money ahead of you. Don't spend all of it here on the earth. When I understood that, I said, oh no. I'm behind. I better give retroactively. So my wife and I, we always attach an offering for our tithe. Always attach an offering. Always attach an offering to our time. Because we understand what money does now. This is not only to be used on earth. Mm -hmm. So when you get that retirement money, don't use it all for toys. That toy is going to break down. 
Let me say it again. When you get that retirement money, that retirement, that lump sum check. Amen. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, son, I want you to teach that because he said, you've never taught this. Have I ever taught this like that? No, since you've been here? No. And God said to me, I hold you responsible. Because you've ne- I've been asking you to teach this word. You've not been teaching it. And this is what he said to me. He said, I'm going to bless the church again. So they can give properly. So there is a second wave coming. Now that you know the truth, you are responsible for the truth. Listen to me, there is a second wave coming since. And just like at the end of service last week, people were set free. Mm-hmm. And they experienced the joy of giving. You, we need to experience the joy of giving. The what? The joy of giving. The joy of giving. Sending your money ahead of you. So that people can get saved. Mm-hmm. You cannot buy souls, but you'll be rewarded for the souls that got saved. Jesus, Jesus said that. And so Jesus said, I better tell them this parable so the church could know. And I'm going to attach an indictment at the end of that parable. So that my people will understand that they need to do the right thing. Since let me share with you how powerful money is. Can I share this with you quickly? I'm going to end with a testimony. You remember in First King, in First King chapter 5, there was a rich man called Naaman. You know, but they call him bro Nay. Back then. <laughs> Naaman had what? Leprosy. Naaman was a Syrian. A Syria. God had used Naaman in a way. <laughs> I, was, I was disappointed that God would use an unsaved. But that's not my business. Amen. God does what he wants, how he wants. Praise God. Amen. God used a Syrian to enslave the Israelites because they were disobedient. I'm going to show you the next time how God told the Israelites, you all think I need your money? I don't need your money. He said, all the animals are, are mine. And I sat back and I said, whoa. He said, the host, all the lions, can you put a value on all the lions that's running out there? He said, all the birds are mine. Can you put a value on all the birds? He said, all the cows, all the hyenas are mines. Can you put a value on that? You cannot put a value on it. So why isn't God using these animals? Why isn't God moving on somebody's heart to catch these animals, sell them to support the, his church? Because he doesn't want to bless somebody else. God wants to bless us who supports this church. Because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. God said all the animals are mine. Well, God, why can't you sell a few and pay the bills of the church? No. He wants us to do that. Because he wants us to be blessed. Naaman, rich, powerful, but he had leprosy. And so he had a little slave in his house, a young girl they captured from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh my, if my master knew about the prophet Elisha in Samaria, he would be healed. So she kept saying that all the time. And finally, Naaman's wife said, okay, if you really believe, you know, that my husband can be healed by a prophet. Well, let me go. So he sent a letter to the, um, he sent a letter to uh, the king of Samaria and the king Akafu. 
saying, look, he's trying to taunt me. No. The man is asking for help. So Elisha heard. Elisha said, he's not talking to you. He's talking to me. Send him to me. Let him know that there is a true prophet in Samaria. So he got the letter and they told Naaman to go to Elisha. Naaman brought a gift. Let me share with you the gift Naaman bought. Because I want to show you the power of money. Naaman has never said a prayer to God. <laughs> never attended church. Not one prayer meeting. I, 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 are you getting what I'm saying? I'm trying to make a point. Not one prayer meeting. And the Bible says, listen here. Naaman, can you go to 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 5? Let me show you the gift he brought. He brought money because he thought he could buy a miracle. He thought he could buy healing. Mm -hmm. You got it? 2 Kings 5 5. It says, and the king of Syria said, go to and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. Mm -hmm. And he departed and took with him. What did he take with him? Ten talents of silver. Hear me. Ten talents of silver in two days money is $265,720. Did I put that in an exhibit? Oh. I'm sorry. Ten talents of silver in two days money is $265,720. He also bring 6,000 shekels of gold. 6,000 shekels of gold is over $3 million. Hear me now, hear me. And he brought 10 changes of clothing. He brought about 10 or 15 Versace suits. You know what I'm talking about, right? The $1,500 suits and upwards. Praise God. His gift was over $3.5 million. He brought it to a prophet. Mm-hmm. Because he thought he could buy healing. I'm trying to show you the power of money. And Elisha did not even come out. He pulled up at Elisha's house. He came with his pump. Horses and chariots and the entire... He brought an entourage. I'm talking about a real entourage. And he's parked out of... Outside of Elisha's house. And, they, and Gehazi ran and said, Elisha, Naaman is out there. Elisha said, so what? I'm studying the word of God. And he told Gehazi, tell him, just go take a bath in Jordan. Deep seven times in Jordan. Naaman got mad. Naaman said, I thought he was going to come out and greet me and wave his hands over me. <laughs> you see, that is, that is how unbelievers behave. You know, he believes in a, in a he's a showboat. He wants a big show. No, Elisha said, just tell him, go deep seven times in Jordan. And so Gehazi told him, go deep seven times. And the man lost it. And Elisha told him, go take your money and go home. Take your money and what? I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. Uh-huh. This is what God told. For those of you who have been challenges honoring God, this is what God told Esther. Mordecai told Esther. He said, you don't want to help the Jews. You want to play it safe. He said, but help is going to come. From somewhere. And the persons who brought the help, God will bless them. Let me share with you. I was sitting here about two years ago. We were, it was rough. And we needed money to pay one bill. And I kid you not, I heard the church don't knock. 
and there was a lady who had moved from South Florida. She said, I was passing. The Lord told me, brought my offer, bring my offering here. Bring my offering here. And she struck a check, $550. And I said, lady, God is going to bless you. And I told her what happened. That lady, if I tell you, that lady got promotion after promotion after promotion was help will come from somewhere. <laughs> help will come from somewhere and you and, and your state will never change. Hear me. So Nathan, sorry, Naaman gives us over three point five million dollars. So Naaman brought that gift. Elisha told him, take, take the gift and go home. I don't need a gift. You cannot buy miracles. But because God said in his word, he said, he said, he said, let no man come before me empty handed. Uh, uh, Lord, I thank you. I forgot. I just forgot the text to bring you. God establishing his right. He said, when you come to me, come to me with something in your hands. And that was a law God established. Naaman came to God with something in his hands. And God had to honor him because of his law. And Naaman began to scream. His daughter said to him, if God had told you to go conquer five nations, wouldn't you? He said, yes. He said, what does it cost you just to go dip in Jordan seven times? You see, Jordan was like a swamp. Jordan stinketh. With all his pride, he had to come down. That's what the pride he was very, he began saying, well, in Samaria, there is this river and that river, which is clean. That wasn't what God told you. God told you to dip in stinking Jordan seven times. That's the word of God. You cannot buy a miracle, but you need to get rid of your pride. So he went to Jordan and he dipped once. Nothing happened. Second dip, nothing happened. He began saying, well... You know, uh, I dip. They said, God said seven times, not two and a half times. You know, Naaman went down the sixth time, nothing came up. He went down the seventh time. When he came up, the Bible said his skin was like a baby's skin. A man who never prayed, never attended church, never called on the name of Jesus, but he had a gift, a shortcut. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? A gift, a shortcut to make a way. I, 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 I traveled to Colorado and I was listening to a preacher. And he said, and he was preaching to at least 500 preachers. And he was talking about prosperity. He said, a young lady came to me. And he said, I was teaching on financial stewardship. And she wanted a job. And her family had disowned her. And he said, she didn't have a vehicle. She didn't have a house. And he came, she came up. And he said, he stood up there. And she said, she said, I'll do anything for God to help me. And the Holy Spirit whispered and tell him, tell her to give you everything. And he said, ooh, in his mind, oh no. <laughs> he said, how are these people going to look at me if I ask the lady to give me everything? The Holy Ghost said, tell her, give you everything. And he, people heard him say, okay, Lord. He said, okay, Lord, loud. Because he's been arguing with God. He said, God said to give me everything. She said, what do you mean everything? She said, he said, everything you have on you now. She had $2.75. 
She had just from, came from the, uh, the shelter to the meeting and had $2.75. He took it. And people look, people looking at him. That going on the news. <laughs> he took it. He placed it in an envelope. Gave it to a deacon. Write the name of a charity on it. And said to mail it out to that particular. Because he wants to be transparent. Do you know that lady came back to him five days and said. Five days after I've given that money. My mother who was estranged. Never spoke to me for 15 years. Called me. And apologized. She said I have an old car. It has 50,000 miles. Do you want it? She said mom I, I want it. She said two days after that. I got two jobs. $2.75. Because she was what? Obedient to God. That's the power. Of money. And the devil knows that. And that is why he has our hearts. In knot. Is it a knot? Tied up in a knot? When it comes to giving. Because we've seen it mishandled. And misappropriated so much in the church. Is that right? But I'll tell you this much. Every preacher who does that. Every preacher. Who says what they want to about. What God has established. To honor his church. They will stand before God. But you and I ought not to let it distract us. From honoring God. Are you with me saints? Don't you talk about. Uh, will you tell Jesus. Well such and such did this. Certain church had four planes. That's none of, that's none of Jesus' business. For that matter you don't know what these people did. I read this guy's bio. These guys, these guys, they give millions from their books. They make $35,000 every three days from their books. I followed these guys' bios. I was reading, up, I was reading on Tilly Jakes, anyhow, yesterday. And saw it, one book, one, I'm talking about one book. Changed, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, produced in five or six different languages. Millions, one book. You see, we do not know those things. And so we join the world in hurting God's church. Since I'm telling you, you hear me brothers and sisters. There is a new wave coming. A new wave of blessings coming. And God wants you to be a partaker of that. Amen. God told me, you teach it. I'm going to release the money and trust my people one more time. One more time. Can you say one more time? One more time. And I was reading yesterday. All the brothers in the house. Can you raise your hands? I was reading yesterday. And um, I read where in most houses. And I want to just expose the devil. Is it okay? In most houses you have man and wife. Most time it's the men who doesn't want the wives to give. I'm not saying that's the way it is in all houses. Can I share the truth with you, saints? I'm a survey, a survey. Christians were surveyed. Married couples were surveyed. Thousands of Christians. And they came back and they said in the houses, who, who's the one that's not, that's more apt to give? And who's, and most, 75% of, of the response was women want to give, but their husbands. I just want you to know that. Are you with me, saints, brothers? So do not... <laughs> My mother, can I justify my mother and father? My father, my mother took out a tithe one Saturday night and I was looking at them. 
she took out a tithe and my father said to her um maybe i don't think we can tithe because i got such and such the vehicle is broken down such and such and such she said you know baby i respect you she was very nice she said i respect you my love but she said i need to honor god and he stepped forward and he said you're not tithing and she said baby if i don't tithe you'll have to kill me i i heard it loud and clear i'm watching them she said you'll have to, if i don't give god you'll have to. and you just step back and say i understand i understand i'm not saying do that in your house i'm telling you what i've seen as a child i'm telling you what i have seen what i have seen so i want to share with you brothers and sisters amen saints of god brothers let us turn that around can we turn that around can we lead, lead in every area let's lead in every area lead in every area if you want to be a leader lead across the board god is going to give us a second chance miss paddy a second chance a what a sec a what second chance and when that second chance come take advantage of it father we give you praise today Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.